0: So, welcome to the show, guys. Today, I have a super amazing guest. I mean, you know, we talking from different parts of the world right now. The, the guy who I'm talking with today is Matthew Baltzel. Am I pronouncing the name right? Matthew Baltzel, yeah?
1: It's close enough. sell, but you got it. You got Balsall. it. Balsall.
0: That, that's the way you say it. So, is, he's a real estate analyst and a team member of the Boardwalk Wealth, a private equity firm located in Dallas with 1,063 units currently under management and a host of Real Estate Journeys podcast. Matthew is based out of Denver as and he is a travel enthusiast as well, which what I said, different parts of the world. You're currently right now in Thailand, that's right?
1: Correct, correct. Thank you, Martinez, for having me on the show. Beautiful. I know we, uh, we uh, talked on things a little bit earlier before we started recording, but yeah, I'm currently living in uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand right now. So it's 8:36 PM my time, and I believe it's and it's mid
0: afternoon for you. 2:30 PM my time, yeah. So I love it. I love it, man. It just shows you guys that you know you can connect with people all over the world, and internet is a great place. I mean, if you're gonna go to Instagram, or Facebook, don't just go and scroll. You know, just just don't be a consumer. Be a be a producer. You know, like connect connect with great people like Matthew, like himself. You know, he has a plenty of experience. You know, and multi families. You know, space which you're gonna find out today in this interview and i'm super excited to share the information that you have you know so so go in there and, and meet some great people you know that's what i'm saying so you know when, when okay so let's talk about you know real estate and first of all i just want to you know share your story so maybe if you tell the audience the ones yeah. that didn't see you on instagram or didn't check your uh, yeah. your real estate journalist podcast can you tell yeah. your own personal story and how did you came across real estate in the first place
1: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, my real estate background, um, back in 2008, I, w- I worked and I helped manage a, pro- a portfolio of about 10 single family homes with my mother and, you know, mom and pop kind of shop. We're just flipping and market was hot and we're doing good. But problem was we were over leveraged. Oh. And so when, you know, single family homes, one person moves out, you got to float the rent. Next one, you got to float the rent. And it doesn't do well when you rehab a property for 30,000 and you're hoping to move in somebody within a month or two. And then six months goes by. So my mom wound up liquidating, getting rid of all the properties, blah, 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 blah. Right. So that's how I initially got started within single family properties. So from 2008 to 2015-ish, I wasn't really, I was always like interested in real estate, but I never decided to take the full plunge. So at the time I was living in Los Angeles and uh, a lot of us can relate. You, you become very frustrated with your conditions and I was working as an actor and I was, you know, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Right. So I thought, you know what, can I cuss on this show or no?
0: Yeah, of course. Go ahead, man. Okay, Okay.
1: So I was like, I was like, fuck it. You know, I basically made as much money as possible and I realized that like, what I'm doing, like, I'm not going to make any more money. So when you realize that feeling, it's the absolute like worst feeling in the world. And I wasn't happy. And I said, I cannot do another year of this. And I said, you know what? Like, I'm going to move to, I'm going to move. I'm going to move out of the country. I'm going to move to Germany. I've always wanted to live there. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to move to Germany. So I moved to Berlin and um, it wasn't quite what I expected it to be. So I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I've moved here, I've lived here for about two months now, and now what? So I wound up traveling in the Balkans, more around Europe. My brother lives in London. Went and saw him a couple times, and I wound up coming to Thailand. And uh, I left back in June of 2016, and I fell in love with a, a local Thai woman. In uh, that's trying to like get all my dates straight. But anyways, I fell in love with a Thai woman and we got married last year, uh, June 25th, 2018. There we go. And so I started looking at other ways while I was traveling. And, you know, I really had this like paradigm shift of like, okay, like I've been in real estate. Like, do I want to get into real estate? And at the time she, I was living with my girlfriend, now wife, but, you know, I'm thinking of like, I want to get involved in real estate, right? But I'm abroad. So I was thinking like, okay, well, you probably can't do that until you go back to the United States. That's just a dumb idea. So I kept having this, this like itching and this itching to jump into real estate. So I, I hopped on, I don't know, like a expat form or something like that. And I was like, Hey, hey, you know, I want to talk some real estate. I want to kind of People are like, "Oh, you want to buy a condo in Thailand?" I was like, "No, no, no, no!" Like, I want to talk about American real estate. I was like, you should go to America. <laughs> That's what people kept telling me. Like, you should go to America if you want to talk about American real estate. So I was like, "All right." So I wound up joining Bigger Pockets. I know maybe your audience is familiar with it. So I joined Bigger Pockets, and then I started trying to think outside the box of, you know, my situation. And I think it's for. I think it's important for people that are listening to this. You know, when you think uh, you're at a disadvantage, you know, like, how can you use your disadvantage to your advantage? Because for a little bit, I had a a limiting mindset of thinking, you know, I'm in Thailand. Like, I can't do this. This is impossible. I'll just wait until, you know, in a year and a half when I get back and I'll start my journey. And then, you know, you know, rationalizing like it's. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, all right, I'm going to start a digital meetup. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to start a meetup because you know, hear on all these podcasts people say, "Oh, go to your local Rio, go to your local Rio well, when you live in Thailand, there's not there's, very many yeah not you're not gonna be going to a local real estate meetup talking about it. it's just impractical, yeah, so I created a uh, digital meetup and it got some traction like there's some maybe I'll just say ten posts and you know I mean it was a bit chaotic, but the point is. Uh, we had about six members and one lady, she, she was commenting and she was like, Oh, like, you know, I like what you're doing. Um, like, let me know, let me know like your status or how things are going. So I just followed up with her and I said, Hey, you know, we had meeting number one. This is how things are going. She's like, Oh, that's great. And then I said, Hey, I'll follow, follow up with you in a a month and I'll let you know how, you know, the progress and see how, tell you how everything's going. So boom, you know, and then by, I think it was like the second or third month, maybe, uh she was like oh i was asking her about uh an underwriting calculator or something along those lines i can't remember and she's like well why don't i put you in touch with somebody that i know that's might need some help so that basically put my foot into the door at boardwalk wealth where i'm currently at right now and
0: okay so know, she she connected you with, with those guys correct. Wow. yeah
1: correct so yeah so um and I, and i all and i'm always telling people You know we're not and i've heard this millions of times too like add value add value add value add value and i know a lot of people i know a lot of people are looking for mentors and i know a lot of people are like do i go the paid route like what do i do and i'm telling you like the way i went about it is like adding value but i didn't even real i wasn't i wasn't it wasn't me first you know it wasn't like hey put me on your podcast hey hire me hey i want to get you a cup of coffee you know it's always like a catch point too it's like hey, can I borrow a moment of your time? It's like, yeah, because you want something from me. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like, you want something from me. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, you see those people that are on the street and they're always trying to give you something. Hey, how, you look nice today. You're like, fuck it. Yeah, man, yeah there, there,
0: there is something hidden in there. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, stuff, I, there's like a hidden
1: agenda. And so uh, the first time I, I spoke with Omar, the CEO of Boardwalk Wealth, he was basically like, uh, at the time, I think we we're looking at a Corpus Christi. What a Corpus Christi? Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi. Uh, yeah, I think it was Corpus Corpus Christi. And he's like, listen, you know, you, you, if you want to help me out, you can, uh, go, uh, pull all the brokers, commercial real estate agents, uh, get their emails, contact information, you know, put in a spreadsheet PDF and you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, I did it. I don't know. Maybe it took me a week. I can't remember. Gave it back to him. And he was like, all right, good. I like this. Um, so can you, you know, call this broker and, uh, you know, see what he says and just like uh, get back to me. And let me know. Right. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. All right. Great. So, uh, and then, you know, <laughs> then it just snowballed. I was like, yeah, I'm like, am I working here? Like if this is like, Oh, is this, is this, a, is this what they say? Like, is this a relationship? Is this how this is yeah. developing? But you know, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing because I really learned like these relationships they really do take time. And once they're developed, you know, they're like your boys that you grew up with, you know, it's like, you feel comfortable around them. You haven't seen them in four years. And it's like, Hey, you know, I want to hang out with you. Let's do business with you. Like, and, but you got to get in there and you got to start adding value. Yeah, And that's one thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to go larger into multifamily. And I wanted to put myself in a position to, uh, upon my arrival to, basically just fly right in and people are like, yeah, dude, this guy's been doing uh, commercial real estate for, you know, at the time before my visas and whatever, I was like, oh, I'll be back in nine months. Fast forward. It's probably gonna be two years. But at the time I'm thinking like, Hey, you know, when I come back, I don't want to start networking from the ground zero and have people say like, Oh, like, who are you? Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, we've already known this guy. And so I wanted to create the pro- the podcast, real estate journeys. And I wanted to create uh, the podcast because I wanted to network, right? I wanted to meet more people. And I thought, okay. And then I started thinking outside the box, like everything I kind of has to do is be digital, right? I have all these like digital like ideas in my head. I'm like, okay. It's like, I got to network with Facebook. I got to network with, you know, there's none, there's none of this. I see, I walk property in Houston. Ooh, I like property. And you're like, you know, I'm not there. So how can I use the digital realm? Like that's how we connected on Instagram. Excuse me. And, you know, go about it in that way. So I created the podcast and I'm thinking like, you know, uh, Gary Vee and all these people say like, you don't have to be an expert. You know, you don't, don't, if you're not the expert, like don't act like the expert, just document your journey and like interview people that are way better than you. Right. And I'd be like, i am telling you now, like, I'll, I'll, at times, no, I shouldn't say at times, a lot of the times, like, I feel like the dumbest guy in the room. I mean, I'll get a, I'll get an email and they'll be like, so uh, what do you think of uh, this property? And I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna take me so long to read through all these comments. I'm just thinking like, did out have a square foot? Like, okay, like, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. But I'm learning, right? Yeah. And so I wanted to create real estate journeys for new real estate investors like myself, right? That want to scale up their business or who want to jump into multifamily And for those people that think like, well, I can't do it. And I want to kind of show people that like, I, you know, you're like, I, I I like the saying, you know, little tweaks lead to big peaks. And you're only a couple like things from taking off. And that's everything I've learned from like multifamily as well. You know, it's like, if you're with a team and you're raising money, it's not like, Oh, these are my 210 units by myself. It's like, I'm part of the team. Yeah. And then therefore you gain credibility and you build on top of that. And then after you do another deal and it's like, yeah, real estate journey's like, it's been on for two years. Yeah. I know that guy. All right, cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've developed a relationship with you. We've yeah. developed a relationship with our, uh, my family. You know, you can't just go to your mom and say, Hey mom, um, give me a hundred thousand. I'm a, i am I found a great property. She's like, what? Like, when did you start in real estate? You know, like your family, your rich uncle, your neighbor, people, people need to be warmed up to your idea, you know, and like business and American express, they call them touch points. Like you have to be American express is like, you have to have send out eight mailings before they're like, Oh yeah. You're receptive to an American express ad. It's kind of the same thing, you know, when, uh, like on our last raise, like I'll admit it. I tried raising money. I tried raising capital. I don't know whether it's, whether I'm in Thailand or not, but I was unable to, but the point is I'm starting to, I'm starting the process and we, we just acquired a <clears throat> 138 unit in Jacksonville, Jacksonville, in Jacksonville, Florida. And, uh, it was $14 million, $14.2 million. Right. And they raised all the money and they're like, Hey, if you can raise some, you know, you can raise fifty thousand. thousand. That's great. So I'm like emailing my investors trying to my, my potential investors trying to develop my network. Right. So yeah. maybe they don't do it the first time. They're like, ah, you know, you're hitting me up for 50 grand. I don't know you. Like, yeah. you know, we met once or twice, not going to do it. Yeah. Second deal where we have a deal under contract or we have a, we submitted an LOI. Right. So maybe we get another deal. Now. I, now I'm in contact with these guys and stay in contact, stay in contact. Maybe by the time I come back to California, or, time i come back to colorado you know now it's like oh yeah he's been submitting us uh, three or four deals a, a year like we like this okay yeah like you know and then it's just kind of yeah. a snowball effect from there so that's kind of how i've got into multifamily. and um yeah man i'm just i'm just really learning and enjoying and loving the process and you know like i don't know i don't know where it's going to take me up but i'm i'm interviewing people that are just Above and beyond my comprehension, and you yeah, know, you can relate to that, and you just learn so much and soak it in like a sponge. And you know, exactly. I'm just happy to be on your show and spread my message, and you know, tell you guys my story and how it went about.
0: Exactly, I'm happy to have you, man. I mean, it's a beautiful story, you know, coming coming from you know owning some houses, you know, and then you because I love that, you know, because this message has to be spread out because you know now everybody's waiting for another market shift. And, you know, like I wrote a small booklet, you know, and one of the things that I wrote one of the chapters was like, you know, people have to understand that if they're not gonna le- learn from the, you know, mistakes that people made in the past, they're gonna pay the same price that those people did. So yeah. Yeah, it's gonna happen again in a real estate market, you know, and only multifamily type of assets can survive those type of downturns. I mean, the, the, the property that you mentioned in Jacksonville, I mean, 100, what, what's it, 135 units, right? I mean 138 that's that's a big enough asset to survive this type of you know downturn in those probably five or six years you know once the exit is gonna be so I mean that's why I'm doing the show and that's why I'm having you know cuz cuz you're an expert in in this place so I want to just follow up with the next question yeah Uh, what are you know cuz I know you do the market you know analyzing the market and doing the market research what are the specific things you're looking in the market research
1: So um, one of the things I'd say one of the primary things that we look for is landlord friendly states. So in the markets that we're looking at or the states that we're looking at right now, it was basically Southeastern United States. Um, Right now, Texas, Florida predominantly, and we're starting to look into uh, Georgia as well. And so basically a landlord friendly state is where the laws favor the owner or the investors. So an example being is like, let's say, uh, like New York, right? New York, rent controlled, uh, a lot of bureaucracy. And if you think of it as far as like a a standpoint, I don't know if this is exactly specific for New York, but I know that they are not a non-landlord friendly state. So an example could be, uh, let's say, it's the, the rent's due on the fifth and somebody doesn't pay by the fifth and you give them their notice and like the law in that state says you have they have two weeks to reply okay and then after the two weeks reply you have to go talk to the county sheriff you have to file a summons and once the summons is filed you can kick them out three weeks later so if you look at that for one unit right that could be six weeks plus maybe you have to go in there and fix it up and then that's eight weeks so yeah so basically going in um to landlord friendly states so right now that's like our number one criteria uh from there our our investment criteria is we invest in units between 100 and 200 units b to c class properties value add um
0: what, what type of location so you're looking for same b uh, so we're we're, we're,
1: b to, we're uh we're, we're c c plus b class market uh Properties yeah. with a 1985, 1975 vintage and above, and an economic or, or sorry, markets uh, where the rents are 10 to 15 percent below market. So we're looking for rents that are already 10 or properties that are 10 to 15 percent below market. From there, we are also looking at um, markets that uh, the job rate or sorry, the job job growth yeah job growth job growth is on the rise not on the decline populations yeah. with over 1 million uh in the greater msa and uh yeah those are those are those those are those are just to name a few um and and to have in the in the greater msa area not ha- be so dependent on one job sector so that yeah. could
0: be yeah uh like so also, is, yeah yeah okay yeah,
1: like a Cisco or something like a if you're if you're in a town that maybe has like five hundred or a, a million and let's say uh a Lockheed Martin or something like that has three hundred thousand employees or two hundred thousand yeah. employees if that company were to go out in another downturn, well, where do you think all those people live? they won't yeah. be able to afford the rent. Then blah 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 blah. So it's a snowball effect. So so
0: so what what, again? What type of companies would be like you know if that would be a healthcare company and uh, that would be like Lockheed Martin, you know, like with with a healthcare company, you will trust more. Like what's what companies are you looking for? I wouldn't
1: say. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. Okay, let me let me put it this way. Uh, you don't want a very volatile sector. So let's say um once again i'm kind of making this up but like let's say let's say it is a lot, let's say it is a, a fortune 500 company right that's a lot different than we'll say um Galvanton, texas where there might be like you know one close to one million people or something like that and it's predominantly oil right like a commodity so it's not necessarily like if it's a, a sector where it's highly volatile that would probably be, be a red flag but if it's dependent upon, like, you know, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and there's one company that's, you basically are just wanting diversification. I wouldn't want to put all my eggs in a basket yeah. where it's going to be oil or something dependent upon like farming or something like that, where you know uh, storms, uh, commodities, oil prices drop, you know, jobs are cut back and then housing's cut back and then. Next thing you know, you're screwed. Well, I shouldn't say you're screwed, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Hypothetical scenarios.
0: Okay, so, so I mean, how does the you know market research uh, change the situation? If let's say you know Houston, one of the markets, or you know, there's all these markets getting overbuilt. So oh. how do you look from that you know point of view? You know, where, where you know there's a, there's a lot of building going on. I mean, you still invest into those markets, or you're going basically where, where you know the markets markets a little bit more quieter.
1: Um, well, so also you, you'll want to, so you're asking me, why would you invest in Houston as opposed to like Dallas if they're in relatively the same qualifications? Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. If the qualifications would be the same, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of building going on, let's say, you know, and it will take probably a lot of time to absorb the units that are going to be built this year. So are you willing to, to, you know, are the companies willing to make a, a bet and go in this market? Because I know you're going to find the, the market within the market. Let's say Houston is abroad, you know, like, but are, are you still willing to go into these markets? You know, so you you
1: you can paint, right? You can paint anything, right? You can paint if you have black, green, red, you can paint a house. You can paint, Basically, you can do anything, right? So as far as picking a specific market is concerned, like, We like Dallas, we like Jacksonville. Uh, We got a property in Jacksonville. We like Jacksonville, we like Tampa, we like Orlando, we like Lakeland. So those are predominantly markets that we like, right? So if something comes up in, we'll say Tallahassee, right? We're already kind of like, we like more Jacksonville. It's not saying that Tallahassee is not a good investment or saying Houston's not a good investment, but you kind of got to you know we're a, we're a small company right like we can't say we like houston dallas portland sacramento new york yeah south carolina georgia you know it's like holy shit you know uh, what i'm saying unless,
0: unless you're a blackrock yeah. or something i mean then, then. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: right that i mean i would we hey more resources but yeah. we've just kind of like and just recently we started looking into atlanta so um You know, I, I, I don't know if that's a good way of answering your question, but yeah, as far as like, you can look, you could look at Houston. Like we were looking at, we were looking at Corpus Christi because, uh, an investor liked that market and he had a lot of capital. And so we explored that market and then we're like, you know, this is not, this is not going to be good for everybody's money as a whole. So we decided to look in other markets. So it's, I guess you could say it's constantly shifting if you want it to shift.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's say, you know, you, you have, uh, currently you're investing in Dallas and, and in Jacksonville, you, you know, so what, what about these uh, two markets, let's say made, you know, when did you decide guys to make a decision to invest these markets? Like for, for what reason, what was it The the job growth was it the population? Yeah, so, so I'll,
1: I'll just, I'll just give you some stats. I'm glad you asked this and I had this information pulled up. So for the Jacksonville, Jacksonville, okay. So Jacksonville is the number one projected wage growth in 2018 Number two, job growth with one million people, uh, 3.5 percent. Number three, year-over-year year rent growth, 46 percent jobs and business financial sales. So these are all sectors that are obviously growing technology. Uh, when, so also we look at uh, the household income. That's another thing that we look at. So the household income's on the rise. Um, what else do we have here. Let me see uh job to apartment delivery ratio 17 to 1 3.7 unemployment uh within 20 minutes driving you know you have a lot of retail outlets uh 21,300 jobs were created in Jacksonville in 12 months 9.2% job growth of professional businesses and services yeah so those are just a couple reasons like when you when you start uh getting the the reports from other brokers and they say like this is where jacksonville ranks this is where austin ranks yeah. this is where denver ranks and you can see kind of like what's going up and what's going down and once again i mean i'm in thailand so like this is almost i mean i'm from the united states but almost like they're walking the properties they're i mean i've been to jacksonville one time but i can't envision it so when they're like oh it's on the east side of the saint uh, thomas river like i'm like okay like okay. <laughs> And I can't. I can't envision that because I'm looking at aerial maps, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, um, basically, jobs, man, jobs, 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 jobs. And jobs, how jobs. do you
0: how do you compare how do you compare one statistic? Let's say the the broker is going to give you a report. I know it's it's quite. I mean, they, they do uh, quite a lot of you know due diligence on the market and you know because because it's a huge companies so we're talking about TBE, Cushman Wakefield, right? But you know some of the names. But do you compare that statistics, let's say, with the, with the census and with other data that's available in the marketplace?
1: Yeah, so we um, – that's, that's a very good question. So we uh, – obviously, you take into account all the markets, uh, the market reports, JLL, Axiometrics, uh, CBRE, everything that you basically get your hands on. Um, you want to – you know, you're given all this data, right? And you got to kind of determine – you know, what's going to be best for not only you, but for your uh, investors as well. Because obviously capital preservation is the biggest key. You don't ever want to lose money because you're never going to get another guy back. Somebody gives you a hundred thousand, you say, hey man, like, you know, we're shooting for a two X equity multiple in five years, but you know, we kind of went bust after two. So here's 50,000 back. He's like, what the, you know what I'm saying? Like he'll never invest with you. You could be, your, your image could be uh." Uh, tarnished so you t- we take all that right we we once it passes the sniff test through our uh you know our, our our initial investment criteria we dive a little deeper and so what we have created is we've created a map um it's basically a path of progress map and we go through and we pulled I've pulled the information from I pulled it from the web. I don't know the website off the top of my head, but basically what it is, is I have all the household income within uh, a certain area. So uh, we'll just say Beverly Hills, for example, right? Like 90210, that's the area code, right? But within 90210, there will be, I'll just say like a, a five block radius, right? And another five block radius. So picture, if you're like looking at a square, 90210 is the four. And if you could divide it up into four, there's four little separate squares, right? So I've gone, we've gone in and created uh, household income between like the first, the first color-coded map is between like 40 to 60. Second one is 60 to 90. And the next one is 90 to uh, 90 plus for household annual income, right? And so then you start seeing, so you map it out. We have this map right? Color coded map. We, it's created on Google maps and you can actually go, uh, on boardwalkwealth.com and we have an article called Google maps that talks about it. And I've also on my YouTube channel, I've made a video about how I've made the map. But so we go on there and we, it's a color coded map, right? And then we take all the comps <clears throat> from the brokers and all the comps that we've found and we place them on the map, right? So we see what they are 138 units. This is a B2C class, blah, 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 blah. We add all this information in, <clears throat> into uh on the map. And then we basically create a path of progress, new, uh, n- new construction stuff, new supply that's coming on. And after a while you can start seeing things, Whole Foods, Starbucks, um, and anybody can do this. Like this is, this is yeah. not rocket rocket. Like anybody yeah. can do this and you know, Whole Foods, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what it would be over in Europe, but stuff that's higher end um, uh, department stores or like grocery stores, right? Things, things that are, uh, that people frequent. So we map that out and then you can kind of start seeing like, okay, like, oh, this, this uh, darker region, right? Like this is a poor, poor, uh, a poor demographic, Uh, So then when we get a, when we get a property, right, you throw it you throw it on the map and you can already see like, okay, this is away from the new construction. And the one that we bought, it was basically in a B, like a B class neighborhood or like, I'll, I'll say a C class, C, C class neighborhood. And there's a bunch, there's no more like new supply coming on the market, right? And it's surrounded by A class properties. And so we're like, okay, yeah. like, this
0: is, drive the rents, yeah.
1: and so if you're, you know, if you're a B class property, right. And then, you know, now you're going in doing the value add play, you're going in, you're cleaning it up putting lipstick on, you know, clean up the kitchens grounds. And you're like, Hey, I can, I can live in, in an A class, like round A class properties for, you know, two to $300 uh, under, like, I don't want to live in that place, but I'll live here. Right. So that's a very that, good point. And so, and, and another thing that we look at too is, is we look at like historical uh, occupancy, you know, within a city. Yeah. So uh, you look at, uh, you know, you could say 2018, or sorry, 2018, 2008, right? So if a property, historical economic occupancy for multifamily in 2008 was 75%, like you gotta take that into account in your underwriting, so you're like, okay, like, you know, what was the bad year, 2008? Like, what are we at right now? Okay. If, we went from 95 to 75. Could we survive? That's a bit of an extreme example, but you kind of get where I'm going with that. But we do we do create a map and we've done that for those regions. And we also feel as though the Google Maps, it really sets us apart because a lot of people are visual, you know, like Instagram and all this jazz. So when you could just show somebody, right? Like if you have an investor in San Francisco and you say, hey, he's never been to Jacksonville. You show him an aerial and you're like, look, Trader yeah. Jones is here. This Don't me. Show me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can just see it, right? And you're like, "Oh yeah, like there's a Trader Joe's next to uh, like two miles away." Yeah, it is a nice area. You know, yeah. they can start visualizing things, and then it really uh, it's good for investors. It's it, it's 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 good for everybody. To see. I mean, the only problem is the the map is kind of a a pain in the butt to make right now because it takes a long time and doing yeah. it by doing it but doing it Wait, by hand. The yeah, just tracing that. T- 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 and then it's like you mess up one little dot and then <sharp> it uh, scatters. It away. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's yeah. one of the things that we feel like we it separates us uh, as far as like making this map is concerned. We've uh, Omar's been on podcast as well and he's pushed it as well and talked. <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going. Uh, he's pushed it as well and we've talked about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So yeah, we like it.
0: Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's what it takes to be a real estate analyst. I mean, it, that's that's the work it requires. But I love what you mentioned about, you know, the particularly Jacksonville, uh, you know, deal that you acquired, you know, recently. Like, it's good when you acquire, when you find the deal, that there's, you know, no new buildings coming up uh, right now or maybe, you know, in, in the near future. And it's a, a type of, you know, lo- location, you know, so because, you know, all the brand new properties that are going to be built, I mean, in the downturn, what's probably going to happen, all the renters that are, you know, paying right now this whatever, two and a half grand, you know, for, for one bedroom apartments or, you know, those people will be like, oh my God, the recession here, I need to move back to the like $1,200 apartment. So, so, and that's, that's where the, you know, your, your units, B, B plus, you know, C type or, you know, you, you know, units uh, deal. So is going to become in handy. And I I think
1: also what you're saying too, is that goes, uh, it's almost like a testament to the job market as well. Right? Like if you're, if you're in like a a blue collar area, upper middle class area, right? If you are making 80,000 and let's just say you are staying in a, a class property. Well, if you still have your job, right. Or maybe you want to cut back in expenses, where's there room to go? go, right. You're probably going to jump down to a lower unit or, you know, so and the people that are already there, you know, they're, if they hang on to their jobs, right. They're going to, they're going to want to stay put because they're not going to want to move. And it's just overall, like, you know, like the economies of scale that everything comes into play. So yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the economy and also to, you know, with myself. I'm glad that I'm learning as much as I am now. And I'm telling, I'm like, like, man, like, I'm kind of excited. Like I kind of want the market to go really bad because I want all the, cause like, you know, a lot of people that are going in and syndicating deals, they're not conservatively underwriting. Yeah. They, like we just lost a, a, a bid cause a guy came in with like $1 million hard money. He's like, I don't care. No contingencies. And he threw it out there. Right. So People are kind of being more reckless, right? With money yeah. in the system, you can spend more money, pushes up properties. So, you know, people yeah. said that two years ago, three years ago. So it'll be interesting to see how much more longer everything
0: can keep going up. Well, I mean, you know, everybody's just waiting for a downturn now. So it's just like, it could happen today, you know? Mm. The time difference is going to be, you know, a little bit, maybe, maybe you will find out about it, you know, a little bit, you know? A little yeah, later like a few hours later but I mean that that's yeah. it could happen anytime you know and like I know like there's a lot of syndication deals are going and now it's became kind of a popular thing and that's why I talk about you know in, in on a YouTube as well you know because there's a lot of people want to go into real estate I mean if, if they want to be active investors or maybe they want to be in a deals from a passive side I mean that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine so but like you have to be cautious about what's yeah. going to happen in the future, and what you said that there is a lot of people don't pay attention, like because mm-hmm. they think that the times are going to go, like you know, because you know, like the company like yours, I mean, thousand sixty three units, that says something. That that says that there is a proven track record for the company, but for the newer people, I mean, it, it's it's good, but you just have to be careful about what's going to happen. So maybe you know, like we we connected. Uh, through, Insta, uh, through Instagram, you know, and, and right. again, super happy to do this with you. Yeah, uh, a lot of great, super great information. And maybe you have already the, the stories of uh, networking with people, because I know you have uh, a lot of great people on your podcast, real estate journeys. Uh, so mm-hmm. can you tell some, you know, fun stories that you know, you, you came across uh, from networking?
1: Oh, for, uh, for uh, on real estate journeys?
0: Yeah, well, either you know networking with people online, or you know, yeah. any fun stories from there?
1: Yeah, so, um, so I would say, you know, as far as networking online goes, like you reached out to me, right? Let's 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 just use something that we can actually like talk about that's tangible. Like you reached out to me, and I think you said, like, you know, your your message was like, "Hey, this is a real person." You know, it was like, hey, you know, I just want to ask you a couple questions. You know, let me know if you're interested. I like your work, blah, blah, blah. All right. I mean, that's like receptive, right? You know, when you're in an office space and you see somebody, hey, Jack, how you doing? You're already walking away. He's like, that guy doesn't even give two dams about me. I'm good. I'm good, dude. My wife just left, left me. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know, you're like, he didn't even hear anything. So I would say when you're reaching out to people, right, like everybody knows when they're getting spammed right? Like you're on LinkedIn, like, Hey, connect. Awesome. Rick in Jersey. Like, dude, I don't even know who you are. Except it's like, I don't know. Like he took five seconds, 10 seconds to find me. I don't know. Maybe he scouted me out for an hour. I have no clue, but am I going to like reciprocate that? And uh, I had a lady on my show. Her name is uh, Judy Robinette and she is in the... Uh, venture capital world and she basically the Forbes magazine calls her the lady with the iron Rolodex and she's very good at networking and she was explaining to me you know to always be adding value so whether that's your first meeting somebody right like the law of reciprocity said like if I give to you you're more likely to give back to me but don't do it in like a scammy way it should be a very genuine thing yeah so let's say uh, like we're talking right and you're like, oh, I like to travel. I'm like, oh, cool. Where do you like to travel? Um, I like to travel to Paris. Oh, dude, you should go to Paris. But you got to go there in the fall and you got to get there early and has the best sunset. And there's not that very many people. You'll love it. You're like, yep. right? I already gave you a tip. It doesn't necessarily have to be, it could be like a food recommendation. But, you know, to be genuine, I'd say be genuine and add value initially up front, whether that's, uh you know, you could say, like, think about it. If you're at, if you're at a bar and you say to like a girl, like genuinely, right. Like you're not even like hitting on her. Let's just not, let's just say not even a bar. Right. Oh, okay. I'll give you another example. Sorry. Here's an example. My friend's girlfriend, my friend's, my friend's girlfriend, right. She was pregnant at the time and I saw her and we had a like conversation. And I was like, Megan, you are so skinny. Like i don't even recognize you. And she's like, you stop it right now. I am as big as a house. I love you. And I was like, Oh, like she did look a little skinny, Right. But you know, people are subconscious and like just paying somebody a genuine compliment. Like, dude, I like your hat, man. Like, where'd you get that? Oh dude, I got it. Uh, you know, Yeah. uh, blah, blah, blah. It's, hey man, cool. See you have a great day. Right. But you got to see, that's the first seed planted. You might see that guy later. That might be your uncle. That might be, uh, you know somebody that you're sending an email to, or you know, hey, kudos to you man I like your I like your podcast dude. It was, it's really good. I enjoyed the last episode. Thought you gotta say yeah. two weeks later, hey, really enjoyed your podcast. Uh, why did you say you know that you can network this way? That was kind of weird. no reply, right? Maybe they reply. you start with a little bit of rapport now, when a month goes by and you you follow up, right? you follow up with maybe hey. I know this guy. He might be a good guest for your show. Wow. All right. Now he's, now you've provided value. Hey, would you like to be a guest on my show? Yeah, dude. No problem. Oh yeah. That's that guy that's been hitting me up on Instagram for the past six weeks. No problem. But you know, if you just say, Hey, like, can I buy you a coffee? Like let's chat. It's like, I don't know you. Yeah. You know? So to add value initially, like Judy Robinette says, add value initially. Don't go for the ask. Be genuine. And, you know, you do that, things are going to snowball and it's going to be reciprocated and it's going to come back to you. And that's honestly one of the best ways that it is. Yeah. I've, I've learned as far as networking. And, and, and I, I would say the be genuine, uh, always add value. And um, what was the third one? Follow up, you know, oh, follow up and do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Do what you say you're going to do. So don't be, and I think this is very important for people that are listening is you got to look at your life and everything you, you do and big and small. I used to be one of those people that if I took a, a piece of trash, right? Like a piece of paper and I was like, Oh, Jordan for three. And I shot it across the room. Right. And it, and it missed and it landed like within an inch or a centimeter, whatever you guys use to measure In Europe, right? So close to the trash can, and I'd be like, "All right, you know, like I'll 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 get it. I'll get it later, right? But it's like that thing. It was like I walked, I walked, I got so close, but then I didn't close, right? It wasn't done. Like, don't be one of those people that says, "I'll I'll have it done by Friday at 5 p.m. Ah, dude, I got so busy. Like, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Like, hey, it'll be there Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Hey, it 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 might not be that big of an issue, right? Like it might be just like, I told him I was going to call him five five Friday, 8 a.m. Like what's the difference? He said it's cool. But already that person's kind of doubting you and your, I'll just say your ability, right? Yeah. Or you got to think about the way you kind of phrase things like, yeah, I'd like to do that. Or, you know, be one of those people that says like, consider it done. Yeah. And then, and then say, somebody else says something again, you say, consider it done. You know, hey, can you pick me up at five o'clock? Uh, now it's rush hour, consider done, I'll be there.
0: Damn. All right. Exactly. Yeah, keeping, keeping, keeping promises, you know, because what you mentioned is super, super great, you know, because there's a lot of people, again, you know, when you said connecting, and you probably get have a lot of people reaching out to you as well. Like, man, like, I want you to be on my show and, you know, all that stuff. But they don't look to add value to you, you know, in, in general, it, it, you know, they're not looking to help you. They're looking to get back something from you, right? They, they're talking with you, but they're looking, oh, this guy's going to be in my show. I'm going to use him as whatever my title for my show, which is actually you're looking, guys, to build a relationship here, like genuine relationship because you have to have a plan for 10, 5 years or 20 years ahead. And you don't yeah. want to go around just using people. I mean, you want to build a relationship. And, you know, you, again, adding value is a kind of a popular thing right now, but, you know, just being served. Just be in service, you know, and just freaking give so much to those people. They will be like, you will start guilting them. They will be like, oh man, like this man is giving me so much. Like I need to give him something at least, you know? And And I I, I, I was
1: uh, just to add real quickly, like if you hear this and you think add value and I like, you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Just like keep it simple, stupid, right? Like I'm one of those people. You start telling me all these things. Like, what did I take from this podcast? Just like, keep it simple and just initially try and add value right like whatever it is if you're reaching out to a syndicator if you're reaching out to a podcast person like just add value and you'll be good keep it simple add a little bit of value
0: and you'll be good yeah yeah i love it love it so i have another question that follows up it's basically i know that you said you, you physically you're you're not walking the properties you're doing mm-hmm. that all the market research but from your partner's maybe standpoint, maybe you can talk about that. What are they looking in the property when they walk in it? I mean, is there specific things that they look for?
1: Um,
0: that would be, know, for, for the new people, for the would, new they people, would, they would probably,
1: They would probably be able to answer that better than I would. But I would say, you know, initially what you're going to be looking for is, you know, we're very visceral creatures, right? So when you're going there, how do you feel driving up to the prop?